1: Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by LaCrosse Boots. Go to Lacrosse Footwear. .com and check out their new line of boots. It is a traditional rubber boot, kind of mixed with a traditional hiking boot. And this is the Navigator series. Brand new from Lacrosse Boots. They have two different options in the Navigator series. They have the Windrose and they have the Atlas. Awesome boots. Check them out. LacrosseFootwear.com. Woo! One, two, three. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment. From discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences, our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. And uh, today we are going to be recapping some of the equipment that we use when we are hunting out of a tent and not a vehicle or, let's say, like a cabin. Uh, we're going to talk about tents, we're going to talk about water filtration, sleeping pads, sleeping bags, and uh, a variety of different things that we take uh, out onto the land with us we pack in with us and uh, when we hunt out of a tent Uh, before we get talking about all that stuff though mr bob polanik how the hell are
1: you i'm doing all right just uh watching the uh, weather like a hawk trying to get in a in a tree stand and get a uh a mid-october buck down
0: yeah have you ever been have you been successful over the years uh shooting a mid-october buck
1: I have not have not I have not I I read I read everything about the October lull how it's real how it's not how they're just in different places um doesn't really tend to matter what I do differently I just am not I just typically do not see mid-October activity even on even on big cold fronts stuff like that so right. um with that said I recently checked cameras and there was some, there was some young bucks, um, definitely sparring and stuff like that. Um, about two hours before, before it got dark a couple of days ago, uh, I was going to hunt, but I had a, a board meeting at 6 PM and, uh, it was a perfect night to hunt and I could not get in a tree. And, uh, that same night I had a, a buddy shoot a, a decent, uh, three and a half year old eight point And I had another buddy miss, uh, an absolute stud, um. On two different two different properties. But uh, so, yeah, it definitely would have been a good night to be in a tree. But I was not able to do that. So,
0: yeah. So I do. How about you? I do this full time now. Right. Like I'm I run the sportsman's nation. I do podcasting stuff. And so you would think that a guy in my position would be able to juggle a schedule to get out and hunt locally more and yes i've been on an elk hunt this year yes i've been on a mule deer hunt this year but i've only been in the tree stand one time here in iowa this year and uh i mean it's october 16th and i feel like i should be i should have been in the uh, stand a little bit more but you know with Having to run this business, having to babysit, having to shuttle kids around, and uh, basically not burn all my brownie points up before the rut hits. I've just kind of, and another thing that I've kind of learned is everybody gets real excited about cold fronts in in mid-October, but let's be honest, it's still mid-October. The cold fronts can happen, but the big boys just aren't cruising. They're they're not out hitting scrapes quite yet, especially in daylight. I just feel like especially where I live uh, I'm going to try not to blow my load too early if that makes sense.
1: Dude, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. It uh, I was I went fishing over the weekend just to ensure that I did not stink up the woods <laughs> and as I was <laughs> as I was getting ready to go fishing on Friday, there was a there's a cold front that came in Friday and Saturday and Sunday were going to be really good days to to bow hunt. And I saw it on your, your Instagram story before you blow your wad, it's only October 11th. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. I needed that. (laughs) Hey, I had a lot of
0: guys. I've had a lot of guys uh, do that. A lot of guys uh, have been, you know, they, they sent me that email where they're like, dude, thank you for reminding me. I, instead I, you know, hung out with the kids or I went to the pumpkin patch or I, I did stuff around the house and, and not jump into the timber. Now, I, I say that with a grain of salt because as soon as I get a trail camera picture that gives me intel, man, I am in the timber, chasing. Right? If I get good information, oh, yeah. sure. I'm 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 hunting. But if I don't have any information, or, or let's say like a shooter buck at the middle of the night, there's nothing I can really do.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I've, I've been uh, kind of it's been there's been a lot of rain here in Michigan, so I've been able to uh, you know kind of check cameras with the cover of the rain and, and kind of keep my scent down. And, um, cause I still feel invasive even checking cameras. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just haven't, have not seen the, haven't seen a lot of scraping activity, haven't seen a lot of fresh sign or anything. So, right. um, it kind of was like, yep, just get in the, get on the, get in your drift boat, get on the, uh, water and, uh, Go have fun. Just try to enjoy a weekend on the Yeah, exactly. The whole time I was fishing, I was thinking about how I should be in a tree, but <laughs> so that was kind of <laughs> a little demoralizing, but right. yeah. No, it was good.
0: So well, hard transition. We're going right into talking about hunting gear. This is the Hunting Gear podcast, after all. And today's topic is the, the gear that we take with us when we're when we're hunting out of our tent. Now today we're not going to be talking about the, the bow, the arrow, we're not going to necessarily be talking about the the gear that we wear like uh, the clothing and the boots, all that stuff. We're going to be talking about the the other uh, products and I just want to ask you a, a question and, I, and I'm going to preface it by saying this is only the second time that I've ever, second trip I've ever hunted out of a tent and I learned a lot. On my first trip when I went out to Idaho, right, to basically not have shitty equipment. And I tried to bring that knowledge yep. into this trip when I was preparing for it. So, what's your experience level like uh, when it comes to hunting out of a tent?
1: I have done that for four years. Uh, I've, I've outclined it for five. Uh, this is my fifth year. I went with my wife, and just because of where the elk were, and. Um, I don't know, not wanting to burn ourselves out. We didn't we didn't hunt out of a tent at all. We were we were planning on it, um, but anyway, the previous four years that I've gone, I've I've done anywhere from um, like a tarp where you use trekking poles as like the support, and you put a piece of Tyvek down, and then uh, you know your sleeping pad and sleeping bag. I've done that, which is like in my mind very bare bones, very um, lightweight minimalist, um, all the way up to you know. Uh, A four season tent with inflatable sleeping pads and down bags and and all that stuff. So uh, and then, yeah, basically every other time I've gone besides this year, you know, I've gone in for uh, five days, four nights, five nights, something like that, and uh, come out for a day. Grab a shower, grab a hotel, uh, grab a hot meal, and then and get back in there for two or three days. So, yeah. done a, done the majority of my elk hunting has been um, out of a tent.
0: Gotcha. So taking that taking, you know, what you've just said. What are some of the right off the top of, of your head? What are the some of the things that you've learned, uh, or some of the the bad decisions that you've made to that have led you to like change your gear or you know, really think about things on a micro level?
1: Well, there's just some ways
0: to be efficient. Um,
1: And if we're going to just specifically right now talk about uh, like the tents and the stuff like that. um, The first year I went was the year that I did like the tarp and, and the trekking pole support and stuff like that. And I, all I had was a, a, an actual pad. It wasn't inflatable. It's was just like a half inch thick thermarest pad, like 15 bucks. Um, as long as your weather's okay, it's not too bad. I think as long as you don't have too many back issues and anything like that, um, you're going to sleep fine and it's not going to hurt you too bad. Um, I would did that when I was, I don't know, 27 or eight and I'm 32 now. And for whatever reason, just a matter of four years, it's just like I can't believe I used to put my body through that because now I'm using more of a I'm using an inflatable sleeping pad that's probably two or three inches thick and a down sleeping a, a zero degree down sleeping bag opposed to a 20 degree synthetic and uh you know a, a four season tent and the sleep I get at night is just it's so much so much better and when you're When you're hiking all those miles elk hunting uh, like you your sleep is crucial and um when i was you know my first year i was just i was probably only sleeping for an hour to two hours at a time and then waking up and couldn't get comfortable and stuff like that so it's it's a huge improvement it is a little bit more weight to carry in but it's kind of like you just gut it out you're only talking about two or three extra pounds for some nicer stuff um and and the payoff for better sleep is, is tenfold. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I'll tell you, that's something that I learned this year is this, the whole sleep aspect of it. Now, when I was out in Idaho, I was using a foam, I used a foam sleep pad. And then when I've gone camping yep. uh, in, you know, this summer and previous summers, I used that same foam pad and every single morning I would wake up and my back would hurt like a son of a bitch. And it, to the point where I got to, we, we got to uh, uh, Grand Rapids or uh, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, and we stopped at the Cabela's and I just made this impulse purchase. I was just like, man, I cannot deal with a bad back on this trip. So I went and I dropped 200 bones on this, uh, I believe it was a, a Thermarest uh, inflatable mattress about four inches thick it had some insulation in it it packs down real tight um it was about i'm gonna say it was less weight than my current current setup but even even with that i've started to learn that you're in your sleeping bag for roughly eight hours if not more uh, throughout the entire night and sleep is very important on trips like this just like you said and so I have like a twenty degree synthetic bag and I, I've realized that I I was getting cold when it was dropping down to about thirty degrees still. So when they say when they say this bag is rated for twenty to thirty degrees, you better bet it's only rated for thirty degrees and not below that. Because when your body stops and you start to relax, yeah, you're warm right off the bat, but when you start to relax your body temperature drops. And, and I had to put on my base layers and even one night I had to put on my, uh, when it dropped down to about 25 degrees, I had to put on my, uh, uh, down vest at night. So the next big purchase that I make for, uh, for my Western hunting trips, especially when I'm hunting out of a tent is going to be a better sleeping bag, uh, because like like me and the other guy discussed when we were out there, it's like Dude, you're spending eight hours in this thing. You have to be warm. You ha- you you can't because if if you're cold, all you're doing is shivering all night, and that's not that's not good because then you're burning calories uh, while you while you sleep, and you should right. just, your body should be resting. So the goal, um, and I have not I currently have an Alps, uh, I think it's an Alps synthetic. I've got, I got it about 10 years ago. It's a really good sleeping bag, very durable. It works great up until about, uh, 30 degrees. And then you start getting a little chilly out there. So, uh, like I just can't emphasize the importance of a good sleeping bag and a good sleeping pad because, you know, the, the first night I slept good because it was warm the second night it started getting colder in the evenings and the game changed from there now. Right. So, so do you have, uh, what was, what brand of, uh, sleeping bag do you have?
1: So the, <clears throat> the synthetic, the 20 degree synthetic bag I had, um, which sounds like I ran into the same issue with you it just, as you, it just got down to 30 degrees and I was not warm. Um, I was putting on, you know, extra layers and stuff like that. Um, that is a big Agnes. It's a, it's a great sleeping bag packs yeah. down uh, real small and, um, it's lightweight. Um, I upgraded to a zero degree down. That is a Kelty sleeping bag. Kelty. Okay. Um, yep. Is yep. it heavier? And then.
0: Than the synthetic?
1: Or I, is it? No. I, I think it's probably about the same weight. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's, I want to say it's like three, three pounds yeah it's it, it's 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 not much difference in weight but it's just it's a lot bigger it, it takes up a lot more room in my backpack because even though it's down it's just it's zero degrees so it um you know it just doesn't pack down nearly as small so go ahead
0: a lot more filler in it i i take it then on the down sleeping yeah yeah.
1: yeah yeah for sure and the whole i don't know the whole big thing i don't know five years ago was you want synthetic because if it gets wet, it's still going to retain heat, stuff like that. And um, when I was using, when I was sleeping on a piece of Tyvek, you know, if it downpoured, there was potential for me to get wet. Well, you upgrade to a a three or four season tent that's waterproof. You don't have to worry about getting wet, hopefully. Um, And nowadays the the down has like a, a water repellent coating on it. So you should be somewhat okay. Yeah. Um, on top of that, going from, going from the thin foam, uh, therm rest pad to going to something that's, you know, two and a half, three inches thick and inflatable, it's going to keep you up. So if, you know, if, if water does leak into your tent, you should be elevated and it shouldn't be an issue. The sleeping pad I use now is, uh, Big Agnes. It's, uh, insulated. Um, I went with like the oversized one, so it's, it's nice and wide and, and long. It's like. I feel like I'm sleeping on an actual bed when, uh, when I'm in the mountains and it's just, it's just improved comfort so much. And then, uh, I think I have a thermo rest, um, inflatable pillow, that thing, I mean, that thing collapses down to the size of a small coffee cup, you know, um, before I was, I mean, I was so extreme on weight, um, that I was using my down jacket as my pillow yeah, that's what that's I, would what I did.
0: Supplies. That's what I did this trip, and I don't mind it. I took i I ha- actually used my uh, i had a hooded sweatshirt. I think it was my yeah my Apex hoodie, and I would roll it up in a ball, stuff it in the hood, and that was my pillow uh, for the night. And that that worked gotcha. per- that worked pretty well. I was okay with that.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Um. The way the the way the Thermarest pillows fit right in that hood is super nice. They don't ever come out they don't they don't move out so um i toss and turn quite a bit just naturally too so yeah. um keeping everything locked in was is just pretty nice so it, it felt it feels good to have a sleep sleep system pretty dialed in nowadays
0: so right now when it comes to how, how tall are you i'm six two six two okay I'm, I'm about six foot six foot one somewhere around there and uh both of i i always buy i bought the uh the the extra large version of everything that way i have enough room to move around in the sleeping bags uh and the uh, the the pads as well so i always buy the bigger ones uh, just so i have that additional room i don't know if that's uh, necessarily important for the listeners but that's just kind of i always buy the biggest that way uh, if i need to For example, you know you get you hear these stories about guys falling in a creek and it's cold outside. Well, you hear and then you can put your wet socks in the bottom, or uh, sometimes you can put the wet, some damp clothes in the bottom of your sleeping bags, and it helps dry it out. Your body heat actually helps dry out the the clothing at the you know while you're sleeping during the night. So uh, scenarios like that is why I, I tend to buy bigger like bigger of everything. And I'm not a, I'm not the experienced Western hunter yet to where I need to start counting ounces and, you know, pounds. If it's going to make me more comfortable, I have no problem carrying in a additional pound or or five, even depending on what it is.
1: Yep, I I am, I'm 100% right there with you. So I'm not worried about, I'm not even worried about an extra five pounds if it, if it comes down to, you know, if the weather's going to be nasty, you know, you get snow in September, I don't, I'll take a four season, tent over a three season, even if it's going to run me a couple extra pounds. And, um, I know I hunted 2017 in Idaho and it snowed the whole time. And, uh, I had, I was still using that 20 degree synthetic bag and I had to get a, uh, sleeping bag liner. Um, just to kind of help out. And I was, I, I mean, I froze, absolutely froze. That was the, that was the breaking point for me. I said, never again, I'll never, never, never been so cold at night for two or three nights in a row in my entire life. Yeah. So,
0: so what did that, what did that Kelty run you as far as, uh, that sleeping bag cost for, as far as cost is concerned? It's
1: not, it's not terribly
0: expensive. It's
1: like, um, 130, 150 bucks. Um,
0: that's really you good. Get, yeah. I f- yeah. I thought for some reason I mean, that down sleeping bags were gonna run in like the three hundred to five hundred dollar range.
1: Yeah, I can uh, I can look it up real quick while we're talking, but yeah, it's um, I, I wasn't I wasn't too I wasn't price shocked by it or anything, so
0: yeah, I'm looking. I'm just I'm uh looking through Amazon right now at the, you know some like. Uh, mountaineering alps uh, just a variety of different big agnes and the negative negative sleeping down are running e- anywhere from uh, the highest one i've seen so far is 273 all the way to 140 bucks so to me to me that seems reasonable as far as uh, having something that you're oh here's one for 350 350 bucks so I don't know. It, it's something that a guy would probably have to do his research on. And I, I'm to the point now where I'm glad we had our truck with us the last day of the, the last night of this trip on, in South Dakota because the wind would have tore my probably would have torn my uh, sleeping or my tent apart and just the, the air moving. I don't think I would have been able to, to sleep. in in my tent in my sleeping bag because it dropped down to like 20 degrees 25 degrees with you know a 30 mile an hour wind and I just don't think I would have been able to sleep at all that night
1: right right um I'm on Kelty's website there's a bunch of zero degree sleeping bags anywhere from 110 bucks to to 90 basically 90 to
0: 110 so um gotcha yeah all right that's yeah I... let's see here all right so we talked a little bit about the the sleeping pads and the sleeping bags uh what are you running for a tent i've no i know that you have kind of run, run the gamut on i guess sleeping shelters
1: yeah i couldn't i can't tell you the name of like the tarp that was my buddy's, and that was my first year out hunting and he's like yeah this is what we do blah blah, blah and um yeah, he busted out a tarp and trekking poles and Tyvek and he's like, "This is our tent." And I was like, "You're you're kidding me." Like, this is <laughs> So, um, did you run a no, besides stove that, with that? I've always ran... nope. 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 Just real just real basic. So, I, did, I didn't even have a closure on it. We had one end that was open. So, oh, man. I was I mean, it's border, borderline terrifying. So, um, because we're in we were in Grizzly Country too, so
0: not that age. <laughs> so they just would have looked at you like, "Oh, someone made right. pigs in a blanket just for me." <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, now uh, after that, we ran a, a Hilleberg that he had borrowed. That was a four season. That was very nice. And then ever since then, I've uh, I've ran Kelty's. Just again, solid price point. Um, I think lifetime warranty. So it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a hunting, um, it's not a hunting brand or anything like that, but it's a, it's a very good backpacker brand. So you can find some lightweight options. I think that I run a, is in Kelty, well, it'll say two person and you'll be hard pressed to get two full size men in their two person tent. So I always yeah. go three person. Um, and that seems to be about perfect with the rain fly and stuff like that. You get a, uh like a vestibule on each side. So, yep. um, you get, you can throw your, your, your pack and your boots right there. And if it does rain or anything like that, they, they stay dry. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had a uh, good, uh, good luck with the the Kelty three person tents. So I think the one that I have is, uh, I think it's I think five pounds, 11 ounces, if I remember correctly, which isn't terrible. Yeah.
0: So when I went to Idaho several years ago, um, I borrowed a tent from a, a buddy who was a, a backpacker. Well, something happened to his tent and it it started raining the one night and I rolled over and there was about an inch of water inside of my tent mm. and uh, my sleeping bag was wet. My pad was wet. Everything that was on the floor of this tent was wet and uh, so I had to go drive down out of the mountains, go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and I... <laughs> I got screwed on the price because I instantly went, as soon as I got back, I went online to check what the price should be. And it's like a $500 tent. But I paid $700 for it uh, because I had to have it if I wanted to continue this trip, right? They just, the the place where, where we were at was, it was almost like a tourist trap type of place. But they had a tent there. I needed a tent and I needed a good one. So I spent the money on it and it's an MSR. Uh, Is it MSR? Yeah, it's MSR MSR, uh, tent, and uh, it's very high quality. I mean, it is a really high-quality tent. It is a three-person tent. It comes with a really cool rain fly. All the parts that go on it are really durable, like the the poles, the stakes. It's all very durable. Um, I've beat it up a couple times, no holes other than uh, an accidental arrow poke into into it one uh, one evening as i'm like changing uh, broadheads on my or i i think i was changing a broadhead on an arrow and i kind of whipped it around and i kind of put just the tip went into uh went into the tent other than that <laughs> it, why are you laughing
1: just the tip. Oh, here just, we go. It's just the funny Yeah. We were going really say,
0: We were go, go we were going um, really good with this podcast, making it sound real professional and uh then you have to do that. You just ruined everything, man. I'm, you just ruined it.
1: I'm biting my I'm biting my tongue over here hard. Is this the trip where I gotta know, is this the trip where you were with Mark Kenyon yeah. and you asked to like crawl in his tent with him? Because oh, dude, you were soaked.
0: It, it was the middle of the night and I said, dude. I have to get I have to either have to go back to the truck which was like 2 miles away or can I hop in with you just for the rest of the night and uh yeah it was a, it was, what it, he was said? it was a yeah he said yes of course uh, I didn't ask That's to it. sleep in his sleeping bag with him but <laughs> but I, uh, I I mean I needed I needed to be somewhere dry and all everything was wet My, everything I I had was wet so that tent kind of changed the game for me. And another thing that I realized was uh although the bottom of this tent's very durable, on this on this trip I brought an additional thick, heavy tarp to lay on top of the ground because the grass is sharp, there are cactus, there are you know, rocks and whatnot. So just a an an old fashioned blue tarp that you can buy really anywhere. You can buy them at Walmart. You can buy them anywhere. I had a couple of them laying around the house. So I ended up buying uh, this thick tarp just about the size of my tent. And I basically set, then I set my tent up on top of that. uh, And that gave me a little bit of a, a little bit of a boundary between the ground and the, uh, my tent, so I so I felt a little bit more comfortable. Um, I always take my boots off when I before I get in my tent, and I'm not, you know, trying to beat it up. But for me, I keep all my stuff in my tent except my bow and one of my trekking poles. So my bow stays outside. My boots come in. My pack comes in, uh, and that way I, I have access to everything in the tent to prepare for the night, and then I just shut it up and then I go to bed. So um okay so the tent you know the tent's really self-explanatory i just i've i've seen people hike out of those tarp tents um or camp out of those tarp tents and they use the Tyvek to lay on the ground and i think that's great but i just got i just get freaked out whenever you know i think rain and and the question that i have for these guys is um what do you you know, what happens if it rains? Well, the water just kind of floats. You, you want to try to find the flattest place possible. But no matter what, rain is going to go to the path of least resistance. And sometime that's going to be underneath of, you know, it's going to be underneath of uh, of the tent. And I just, I can't wrap my head around having to deal with a scenario like that. Especially if, you know, your boots, you got bugs that can come in you know, or whatever. And I'm just not in, I guess I'm not into that.
1: I, uh, I'm not into it either. The, the, the first year I went was the only year I, I did it. And I told my buddy like, Hey, if we're doing this again, we got to do something about our sleeping situation. I mean, you're talking, there's so many spiders, like I'm not really like afraid of spiders, but just like so many spiders, you know, that you're just mouth breathing when you're sleeping. So your mouth's just wide open. (laughs) And so yeah, there's <laughs> you know that you're eating spiders all night long. <laughs> and uh
0: That's and, uh, that's the main concern up. is that you think a spider is gonna crawl in your mouth and that you would just eat it and not wake that's, up.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They say that like on average humans eat like four spiders in their sleep a year. I have no idea where that research comes from, but yeah, it comes um, from like horror novels.
0: Horror magazines, right? It's not, that's not, I can't believe right. Right. if a spider crawled in my mouth while I was sleeping, I would tell, I would be able to wake up. I think I would wake up. How do you know? It's a spider. Do, maybe it, just. You climb, mean, and it would have to be right. a, pretty, a pretty small spider for me to not notice, or I'd have to be extremely tired or like I maybe partaked in too many adult beverages that night.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So uh, to get to get back on topic. Um, yeah. So you have you have spiders. You got bugs. You have I've, I've definitely heard mice crawling around like yeah. it's just it's not it's not it's not for me. I'm all about roughing it and being tough and like all that stuff. But like it, that's just a little too extreme for my my right. preference. So. Right. All right. I will say quick, quick, tip, quick yep. tip with always sleeping out of a tent. I always bring like a heavy, heavy, heavy pair. Of wool socks and I wear those to bed and that way if I have to get up in the middle of the night to take a leak I'm not worried about um, strapping my boots back on I'll wear the the wool socks are so thick that I'll just go right outside even if the grass is all wet and dewy I'll just go right outside take a leak and then can crawl right back in my my sleeping bag because there's nothing worse than fumbling around trying to get boots laced up or whatever um, just to, to take a real, really cold, uh, leak and then, you know, climb back in and I don't know, trying to be respectful, not wake your hunting partner up and stuff like that with all the light and that type of thing. And then, um, on top of that, I try to never walk around barefoot. I did that one time last year and stepped on a, uh, a stick and sliced the bottom of my foot open in the middle of the day when I was like on the side of a Creek, just trying to, wash my feet off and, and hang out and eat lunch. So keep your boots on. Yeah. Or some, some
0: heavy-duty wool socks. I, I sleep in a pair of wool socks uh, and then – or alpaca that's made by al, – it's alpaca uh, socks. And then I <clears> – <throat> I rotate those in and out with the the socks that I actually use. So I'll put one pair on and I'll put the other pair in the bottom of my sleeping bag. So they, all the moisture can get out of them and dry off and they do a real good job of wicking. But um, I just kind of have a rotation of what I use while I'm hunting. And then a pair of socks that I sleep in as well. Uh, and I think that if I upgrade to a, a better sleeping bag, I probably won't need to do that, but uh, that's just something that I've done recently as well. So, all right sleeping bags we've talked about sleeping pads we've talked about we've talked about tents um, let's talk about water filtration uh, it's something that i learned this year that's uh this trip that's pretty important i'm not sure what happened but in the past i've i've used an msr pump filter uh you drop a a hose down into the water it sits there and you pump it like a uh almost like a bike tire it's got almost or uh I don't know. Just you, you pump it, right? It's got a handle on it. You bring it up and down, up and down. It brings water into the uh, into this main housing, and then there's a filter in there. So it run, it pressurizes it, it runs it through the filter, and out cl- comes clean water. Well, I don't know if I didn't properly take care of it the last time that I used it because no water was coming through uh, through there. Luckily, the guy that I was with had a, uh, those, uh, pills and we were able to treat the water, uh, using the pills. And to be honest with you, uh, we were in some fairly dirty water and I'm not going to say it was like Mississippi river mud water, but it, it was clear, but you could see bugs, you know, in it and swimming around and little creatures in it. Uh, so, you know, there was some kind of bacteria in this water and the pills, Thirty minutes for one set of pills, another thirty minutes for another set of pills, and uh, and then that that was it. Now you have to wait roughly an hour for you for you know according to the instructions to use that water. However, it did the trick um, without having to do a uh, without having to use the the actual pump. Because it's it was a, it's broken. Now I've done that same thing when I was out in Idaho. used the pills, and the bad part about that is, if you're in some heavy running water, there's going to be some sediment in there, and that sediment will come in your mouth. And I'm telling you right now, man, it, it drinking water with rocks and sand in it is not cool. But it was it, it's something that I dealt with. I just you know I kind of you're only you're not drinking water to relax. You're drinking water to hydrate. And uh, I just kind of, thought, right. of it, thought of it like that. What kind of uh, water filtration system, if any, do you use? Uh, so we we
1: use Sawyer. We use the Sawyer filter um, and the Sawyer bag. So Sawyer is just a, I don't know, it's just a tube. Um, and then it's got the, the plastic bags that are heavy duty. Um, I buy the 64-ounce ones. I bring, I think four with me so everything's super lightweight you're talking it's very small very lightweight probably rolls up to the size of like a, i don't know like a tube of toothpaste almost something like that um but uh how's it with work? that we usually it works great i mean it, it you have to you have to press it and like squeeze it it's a squeeze filter so you have to squeeze it through the filter and into your, you know, into your Camelback or whatever, or into your uh, jet boil or anything like that. But um, basically what we do is you have, you have four or five of these 64-ounce pouches. So you get your tent set up, um, and then you go fill up all your water bags, and you bring them all back to where you're camping. And then that way every night for like at least two or three nights when you get back to camp, you've got water for food. You've got water to filter to replenish your Camelback for the next day. Um, and then you, you can also just sit there and pound as much water as you want because yeah, hiking 10 miles a day, you can never be too hydrated. So, um, I really like that system. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, it works great. Uh, basically can use it for seven or eight days of elk hunting before it really needs like a, a backwash. It comes with a backwash syringe. So like when you get home, you just you backwash it all the all the junk falls out of it and uh you get the water out of it and you just it's it's ready to just sit there and i've been using the same one for like four or five years and no issues
0: and so, that that really like it filters out uh bacteria as well
1: uh i don't know about so much about bacteria it's mainly it says like 99 i think the main thing we always are worried about is uh giardia so um that's that's it so i've I've never had an issue. I, I've also always kind of been, you know, higher up in the mountains where there's really no cattle yeah. or anything like that. So it's all, it's just really clean mountain water. Gotcha. So, gotcha.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, and the place that we pulled our water from in South Dakota probably had cattle at it at some point uh, throughout the summer, probably not within a month since you were there, but uh, cause I think they pulled the cattle out, but it's uh i don't like to take any chances and that's why uh, we use the pills and uh the my the msr that i was using had it that filter got bacteria out as well so uh, i need to take a look okay. at, i need to take a look at that to see if uh, it's just that i need a new filter or if i need to actually i don't know buy a, buy a new system or just kind of go with the The pills, but I've heard a lot of good things about the squeeze system. So you fill the bag up with water, attach it to the filter, squeeze it through the filter into your platypus or whatever it is that your your camelback. Yep. Right. Okay. All right.
1: Yep. Exactly. It takes doesn't take long to fill a three liter you know bladder up. So um, it's pretty good. uh, I don't like I said. It's lightweight and it just it's a great instead of always having to make several runs every day to a crick or something like that. You just, you fill it all up and you get a bunch of water back to your campsite. So, and we're also in bear country. So like throwing, keeping water by the tent's not a big deal, but we've always got our food hung up and stuff like that. So, um, every night when you get back to camp, there's always a little bit of work to do in order to eat and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. so elim- eliminating a, a water run is, is kind of nice. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: all right. So let's uh, so that that's water. Do you run the pills at all, ever, in a, like a, a, a tight spot? No, I, I never or, have. Okay, all right. I think that no, I've think only those used pills, I've only used the Sawyer. Yeah, I think those pills are nice for something where, oh man, I don't want to sit here or you're exhausted and you ha- you don't really care if the water may look a little dirty or uh, act. I guess, uh, or taste a little funky because the pills kill everything in in that bag and it just, it cleanses that water instantly. And it's good for me. I like the pills because they also, while you're walking around, those pills are working in your, whatever, whatever you're carrying, you know, your water in. So I would, I not only worked out of my, uh, bladder, but uh, my the bladder that was in my pack, but I had a secondary bladder that I would run to fill up and then take back to camp and use that for my cooking and all that and all that stuff. So um, now. OK, so that's water. What about food? What about uh, using what's what's your uh, boiling system look like?
1: Well, I use the jet boil. Yeah. So, um, just, a, a half a liter jet boil and I, uh, ate a lot of, um, well, I do half like, uh, our own dehydrated, dehydrated meals that my wife makes. And then the other half, um, I do the, uh, mountain house, mountain house meals. Gotcha. So
0: mountain house. Uh, so describe what a jet boil is and what kind of, uh, fuel it takes to run. Jetboil is um, I don't know it's the size of a it's the
1: size of like a Yeti thermos basically I guess the best way to explain it um, but yeah it's just uh, you can keep you can keep all like the burner and the fuel and the stand it can keep it all in the cup of this jet the, of the Jetboil so it's just a cup and then you can att- it's got a burner that you screw a butane canister onto. And then that locks into like the, the stainless steel cup, you fill that with water, you boil it, and then you just throw that. I mean, whatever your mountain house requires for water, it's usually written on the, the directions and you just fill the mountain house up with uh, the boiling water and you let that sit. But uh, yeah, it boils water pretty quick, probably two or three minutes. You have half a liter of boiling water and you can go off one, um, one small tank. I don't know how many ounces it is. Maybe eight ounces or something like that. You're off one of those tanks for at least um, at least a week if you're just boiling water uh, once in the morning for coffee and once at night for uh, for your dinner. And
0: that that so, last that little how many ounces of fuel will last you a week? Is it I don't, just like the six ounce? The yeah, the, the yes. smallest it's, mini it's pack. Small one. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep, yep. It's the smallest one, so. Okay, cool. I've always, I've always bring an extra just in case, but yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. So I run something really small. It's the pocket rocket, and uh, that mm-hmm. is, and that's kind of pairs with my fuel, so I, I it's almost like an upside-down tripod. You screw the single side into the fuel canister, and then the legs open out, and then what I have is a, um like a little a cooking kit that has my fork in it uh, or a spork uh it has a like a metal uh container that I use to boil my water so I set that little uh it's a mini pan basically that all folds up real nice uh the fuel sits in that and then the so it when it when it's completely packed it's the tin can or the not tin but it's uh the metal container. Then inside that goes the fuel and then on top of the fuel goes like this cup that I can use to uh, measure things and then I can put my lighter and the pocket rocket inside of that and so it's all one nice little uh, container, oh, about the size of a softball and then that goes wherever I go, you know, I use it for coffee, to boil coffee in the morning and then I use it to boil the water that goes in my dehydrated my dehydrated meals, uh, similar to you. And that's really handy. It's it's really small. It's really compact. And uh, I re- I'm really a big fan of it. I, I just like the fact that it's really tight and low profile and all of it packs down into one. And I just, I don't know, I'm a big fan of that. There's, if it's windy, there is, it takes a little bit longer to boil the water just because of the uh, the wind that's blowing underneath it so you got to be aware of that you got to block it it's not an issue when I'm uh, at the tent and I'm sitting right around it or the tent can block it but when I'm out in like I always brought my coffee out into the field with me in the morning so I'd have a quick breakfast hike in to a glassing point uh, and then I'd cook the coffee while we're glassing and if there's any wind it just takes a while a little extra time for that water to boil other than that it's i'm a huge fan of that system and it's the msr are you running msr fuel as well
1: yes i am yeah yeah
0: and i think i don't want to say that standard because there's other brands but it's when you type when you type in camping fuel uh, backpacking fuel or whatever it's going to be the the first thing one of the first things that pop up so um, yep. yep
1: exactly uh, i would say uh real quick tip um and i just learned this i've always ran a, a titanium spork nice and lightweight yeah uh my wife was using a plastic one that was a couple years old and that snapped on her it snapped in half so imagine trying to eat a mountain house meal out of the bag with half of a half of the handle of a spork. Yeah. Just imagine how much – like if you're especially eating like lasagna, I just how much food gets all over your hand. So <laughs> I recommend a titanium <laughs> – recommend a titanium sport.
0: Right, so. right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I actually just brought a, a spoon from my kitchen cabinet, an old spoon. There uh, you go. I didn't need yep. – I didn't need a fork to stab anything. Uh, all my meals were like um, – I used – Let's see, basically it was just like a snack, had some oatmeal, uh, so boiling water. Like In the morning, it was just like a real quick cliff bar or some jerky or uh, some trail mix. And then at night is when I would get my big meal, and uh, I was using Peak Refuel this year. Dude, that stuff's pretty okay. good. Uh, I've had Mountain House in the past, and I'll be honest, that stuff just kind of constipates me. And uh, Absolutely. Then I am literally pooping dehydrated food and it's not comf- it's not comfortable
1: <laughs> no um so yeah i i hear you on the there's two things with so for traveling traveling kind of backs me up a little bit and then yeah you start eating uh dehydrated meals and i'll go four five six days without going to the bathroom um i actually prefer it that way because it's just something less that i have to worry about when yeah. i'm when I'm hunting like I don't have the like like it's not 8 a.m and bulls are bugling and I have to go take a dump real quick because it's an emergency so it's kind of nice being all backed up and then another thing that we kind of do a little differently is we definitely we eat um our breakfast and coffee and all that stuff like in the dark um like I said we always have to hang our food because of bears so we're always away from the tent stuff like that so we get up get dressed go get breakfast going eat that and then we're you know, we're on our way before it's light out, so we don't uh, we don't ever um, you know make any coffee or anything like that um, when we're when we're when it's daylight. So right, um, right, Yeah. Just kind of always, always on, always ready, always gotcha. ready to go. So gotcha.
0: All right. <clears throat> so what about uh, what do you use for a cooking system? Like, uh, I, I mean, the, do you have a just a a fork and uh, a, a can that you boil it in or the the actual utensils that you use? You mentioned you you're running a titanium spork. Is it a, one of those real long ones that allows you to get into your dehydrated food bag? Yep.
1: Yep. That is it. That's all I have that and a jet boil and my dehydrated meals. Um, and then, yeah, a dry bag um, to throw up in a tree with all my food. So, and then I've got, I've also got my lunches and my breakfast in there, um, just enough for each day, and just grab it and go. Gotcha. So, yeah. all right. So, I, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, how many, uh, when you're elk hunting, do you do you like count calories or anything like that? Like, make sure your like calories that you're eating or, are yeah. up.
0: That's something I really need to look look into a little bit more. Uh, is nutrition. I'll be honest, uh, I'm kind of green in that area. And the reason for, for this South Dakota hunt, it wasn't near as important. I was just snacking throughout the day. You know, I, I brought, uh, every day I had a cliff bar with me. I had some uh, trail mix with me that I bought from uh, the local grocery store. And then, what else? Uh, jerky, cliff bar, trail mix, and then water, a, a and then typically uh, something simple for breakfast, right? And then a big, you know, five to 800 calorie meal uh, in the evenings. Now, in South Dakota, it's typically not that important. I mean, I did the pack out, we survived it. Uh, we burnt a shit ton of calories every day, but it wasn't like the same kind of calories you're burning up at. 11,000 feet in Colorado, right? You're burning calories right, just right. by breathing up there. And so nutrition is something that I really need to look at. And I did count my calories as far as I was eating somewhere around 4,000 4, calories a day on my elk hunt and still being starving when I would wake up in the morning uh, or, you know, like wow. feeling like I wasn't eating enough. Because we were we were burning wow. just, just just on the hike in, to where we hunted every single day in Colorado, we were burning seven hundred calories, it, just on the hike in, so that so that automatically just, wipes out your breakfast.
1: Yeah, did you lose weight on that trip with eating four thousand calories a day?
0: Yeah, I lost. Uh, I think I lost like five pounds.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I I was throwing down, throwing down like thirty two hundred calories a day, and I didn't lose any weight. And I was actually a couple of buddies that we met up with after our hunt. We were talking about our food system, and they were actually blown away by how much I was eating. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah. Wow.
0: But but we were hunting out of a cabin too, so I would go home and I would I would take instant mashed potatoes, mix them with ramen noodles and add a can of chicken and then sprinkle some uh, hot sauce on it, and that would be uh, a meal for me. And then I would go out and, you know, hike up. That started at 10,000 feet every morning and hike up to 1,600 or 1,100 1100, or roughly 11.6. That was the highest we got, and, you know, you're just going up and down these ridges and drainages, man, you're, you're burning a shit ton of calories. And man, I, I just, I could have eaten every hour and, and still been hungry.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Ma- mashed potatoes, ramen noodles and chicken and, and hot sauce. That's living the good life, man. I know.
0: But remember we were camping is... <laughs> We were out of a, a cabin at that point for my elk hunt. We weren't out of, yeah. uh, you know, I wasn't yeah. bringing all that stuff into the, uh, into the, into the camp with me. Although right. I did have some ramen noodles and, uh, that's, that's, I don't know in college it, you, you got it cause you were broke, but when you're out camping, it seems like such a delicacy almost having ramen noodles. <laughs>
1: yeah, Yeah, right. exactly.
0: So other than that, I mean. I'm sure we could go uh, what did you run for uh, a water bladder did you run a platypus or uh what did you run?
1: Right, uh, it's a 3 liter camelback system. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh an Amazon, I don't know, 30 bucks had a bunch of five star reviews so gotcha. didn't uh didn't look too deep into it, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I ran a, a simple platypus 3 liters as well and then my spare was a 2 And a half, I think it was a two-liter, another two-liter platypus. So one was pretty much just to transport water. And the other one was my actual walking around drinking out of uh, with a water poured in it every single day. And other than that, man, I I know there's a a ton of other things that we could get into. Like I brought a a secondary tarp with me about the size of a, a welcome mat, maybe even just a little bit smaller, that I put outside of the tent of my door or uh, uh outside of the door of my tent just so I could stand up in the morning and not be on the grass something simple like that uh, yep did you did you bring yep. any i guess comforts like like that along with you
1: no no i typically don't um camera i don't know camera gear ends up being a weight concern for me so i pretty much don't bring I know some guys will bring like Crocs. Some guys will bring like an actual like their pillow from like home on their own bed. Yeah. Um, just some of those type of comforts. I I typically don't. Um, I'll bring, I'll definitely bring way more food than necessary. And then yeah, between a DSLR and a couple, couple good lenses. I mean that's enough that's an additional five pounds. that always sucks to to carry on. I do bring a very large, um, battery pack. Like a twenty six hundred, I don't, I don't know what the m a h stands for, milliamp hours, um, and that will charge, that will keep a cell phone charged. You can press charge an iPhone eight times with that. Right. So, right. Because I use I use I use Onyx for all my GPS, so Absolutely. and I'm on that quite a bit all day. So, um, yeah, every day a phone needs a little bit of a charge right
0: so uh, i i brought a, a battery with me as well i brought multiple batteries and when we were when we were there our original goal was to go to the truck after two or three days get some additional water uh and switch out the batteries on our you know, that we used to charge our cell phones because where we were camping at we didn't get any cell service but on top of the the high points, when we were glassing, we we could get cell service. So we ended up, let's see, I would say the battery that I have, and I think it's just this generic battery that I got. Uh, somebody gave it to me. I don't I don't know what it is. Oh, here it is. What's the brand here? It's just, I think it's just called a power bank. And I don't even know, there's no, it just says power bank on it. And it allows you to, uh, charge your cell phones, and I can get four charges. I think out of on my uh, Galaxy. What do I have? A Galaxy S ten, a Galaxy X ten X. Four charges, and that's throughout the day, uh, using my phone down to about fifty percent every day, and then charging it back up to a hundred every night. I could get four four full charges out of it that way. So, other than that. Uh, okay. other than that i really didn't bring anything crazy with me uh just you know the the essentials as far as the camp life is concerned do you bring camp shoes or a camp chair at all i've heard
1: of guys doing that i don't i don't um yeah none of no yeah none of the really I, i'm so thrilled about my sleep system that i feel like i'm already bringing enough like luxury stuff so Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Gotcha.
0: Well, other than uh, that, anything else that uh, you want to bring at camp or talk about that uh, that maybe we overlooked?
1: No. As far as camp, no, that's uh, that's about it, man.
0: Cool. Um, cool. Well, I don't think I have anything else other than uh, uh, I, I bring a little bit a gallon Ziploc bag that I stuff all my trash into. Um, oh, I, I, know what I wanted to uh, uh, mention. And that is something that I learned about called dude wipes. You ever heard of dude wipes? God,
1: yeah. Used them for the first time this year myself.
0: Yeah. Yep. So it's not toilet paper. So you don't need to bring toilet paper. It's like baby wipes, but they're biodegradable. So you can just wipe yep. your parts, throw them down on the ground and, according to the guy he's like it rains it rains and they're gone in a rain they're they're biodegradable in a rain a, a single rain yep. which that's pretty cool you don't feel like you're you're littering so when i went out there i was pretty proud of the fact that the only thing that i left behind out there was a dude wipe that was going to go away in basically in the first rain that they had and uh, just footprints so that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. I, I run the, do the same thing. And
0: yeah, very, uh, very pleased with those. Cool. So, all right. Well, uh, like we always say, if you guys have any questions about gear or uh, you can hit Bob Planick up on Instagram. Uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, hybrid Outdoors, right? That is correct. Yes. Yep. Hit him up, ask him questions. He's kind of the gear nut. Uh, or you can uh, hit me up, on uh, the Sportsman's Nation or Nine Finger Chronicles, with any questions, or if you guys want to uh, maybe have a topic that uh, we haven't covered yet, I do have some more. I'm I'm still trying to get some of these follow up. Oh, these follow up interviews done with some of the products, you know, because we've we've talked about trail cameras, and I'm still waiting on one guy to get back to me that, to have a discussion on trail cameras. Uh, what else have we talked about in recent podcasts?
1: uh you got uh, hunting apparel, hunting gear. You know. Yep. Um.
0: Because I think we had broad the, heads we, we had the follow up on that one already. Uh, the guy from Sitka, then the guy from Fleet came on. Uh, we've done oh boots. We've talked about boots, but I haven't had anybody. I'm trying to get a hold of some people at uh, at the boots. Once the hunting season is over, I think a lot of these guys are going to get back at it. I know that uh, me and you are going to be at the ATA show this year, we're, uh, and we're going to be able to get a lot of content from some of these people there. Other than that, uh, like I said, reach out to us if you have a topic you want us to cover or you have any questions or even some insight. Like, Because uh, I am relatively new to hunting from a tent, so I would love to know any secrets, tips, tricks, um, or not necessarily even hunting from a tent. Just overall, dude. It's like, hey, uh, check these boots out, or check this. I'm starting to become a gear nut as well. So any insight that we can get uh, to make our lives easier out in the field uh, would be a would be an awesome conversation. Or you know, whenever I post the, this on the Sportsman's Nation Facebook page, leave your comments and thoughts there. Be sure that you guys are following and subscribing to this podcast uh, on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast, Follow us on Instagram, Sportsman's Nation, Hybrid Outdoors, Nine Finger Chronicles. And uh, that's it. Anything else before we uh, shut the door on them? No, sir. Uh, right.
1: Keep practicing with your bow, even though you're in season, and shoot straight. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. All right, good luck, Bob, and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Thanks, Dan.